Tonight's shiur is dedicated in honor of a new baby daughter to my dear friend uh, Tomer and Liza and their daughter Sofia. Baruch Hashem, they welcomed in a new baby this week into the world. We wish her and her parents a mazal tov. They should raise her to Torah, to mitzvot, to chupa, to maasim tovim. Only good things, Baruch Hashem. The Ben Ishchai, I think I saw this in the name of the Ben Ishchai. Maybe not, maybe Chacham Said that uh, when a baby girl is born, the custom is on that Shabbat to sing in those communities which have this minhag, to sing the songs, the tunes, the tefilot in that community in the makam of uh, Biat. It's a different type of uh, melody. And Biat, this Chacham writes, is Bechek Yere. Elohim Tenaten, an acronym of may she be given into the, the embrace of a God-fearing individual, B'zad Hashem. And we, we pray for her success already now. The Chachamim tell us a person should always pray before they need what they, they pray for. And so uh, we're blessing now the whole family. They should only raise her for good things and she should merit only Hatzlachah in her life, B'zad Hashem. We are finally in the Hakdama of Rabbi Chaim David Halevi. Rabbi Chaim David Halevi, I've done many of his pieces with us here in the community, but this may be the first time for sure in the Agadah course that we're dealing with his writings. But this is the first time, maybe even in our night classes that are online, to actually be doing a piece of... Rabbi Chaim David Halevi. I highly recommend this work. If it's possible, I don't know if it's still available on the internet. Uh, but this book is written by Rabbis Mark and Chaim Angel. Rabbi Chaim David Halevi was born in 1924 and died in 1998, fairly recently, in the, from the other Chachamim that we've been quoting until today. They call him a gentle scholar and a courageous thinker. And I think those accurately describe... Rabbi Chaim David Halevi. Rabbi Chaim David Halevi is from Anshei Yerushalayim. He's a man of Jerusalem. And he merited to many tremendous things in his life. Was a unique thinker. Not just in the Sephardic tradition, but in the, the chief rabbinate as a whole. Was the chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, Yafo. He was a student of Harav Uziel and also for points of his life also studied by Harav Kuk which means that from the two previous Hagadamot that we studied Rabbi Chaim David Halavi is like the gatherer. He brings in all the other opinions everything else you need to know from the two masters whom he studied from. Though I think it is more fair to say that he is a Talmud of Harav Uziel than of Harav Kuk and is recognized in the world as such. Rabbi Chaim David Halavi studied in Shivat Tuat Yosef. I just recently was listening with my wife to Shiu, in which the Chacham mentioned that Tuat Yosef was at a crossroads between Harav Uziel, who was the Nasi HaYishiva, the overseer, the president of the Yishiva, and Chacham Ezra who was the Rosh HaYishiva. And you find different students that graduated the Yishiva took off in two different directions, which may still affect the Sephardic Jewish community today as we know it. Rabbi Chaim David Halevi, unfortunately, in my assessment, was not given the proper respect in his life, similar to Rabbi Yosef Masas in his life, by the other half of the Sephardic establishment who couldn't handle the courage of his gentle thinking. Rabbi Chaim David Halevi wrote a number of works I actually have here. This book just came to my hands. It's, it's a book that it's not even listed as one of his books because I'm not sure how many copies there are of them. This book was printed by Rabbi Chaim David Halevi. Memoirs about his rabbi. Harav Uziel. Let me find here. This book includes pictures of Harav Uziel and all kinds of uh, other important documents and poems and um, 
the certificate Chamuziel got when he was appointed chief rabbi of Israel along with Rav Herzog and some other very unique things. The original orphanages and yeshivot that were in Jerusalem at the time. Rabbi Chaim Zubin Halavi collected a lot of these things together, but he's most known for his works on halakha. Two different series. One series which is called Asel Harav, Make for Yourself a Rabbi. It was his Shailot V'Chuvot, his Q&A. Uh, eight or nine volumes of questions and answers to different people of different backgrounds from different places. Questions that are, are as varied as you can imagine. And he answers each one uniquely. You almost never expect what he's going to say. And that's what makes him such a great chacham. It's not predictable. He's a man of truth. His other main work is what we're reading from right now, which is called Mekor Chaim Hashanem, the complete Mekor Chaim. Rabbi Chaim David Halevi wrote this book as a book of halakha, a mini Shulchan Aruch of sorts. He has a Kitzur version of this. There's a Kitzur Mekor Chaim that I also have at home. He wrote many sub-Mekor Chaims, like Mekor Chaim for a bride and a groom, Mekor Chaim for young ladies, Mekor Chaim for different people in different parts in their life. And this is his introduction to the first volume of his work. This is attached in a PDF form in our Google Classroom as well as to the Zoom invitation. If you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see that there was a PDF attached to this Zoom invitation. I will give thanks to Hashem with my whole heart. Hashem has blessed me that my five volumes of Mekor Chaim have been accepted with warmth, with excitement. Hen al yedei hatzibur harachav, at the hands of the broader population, v'hen al yedei talmidei chachamim v'chovshei b'te midrash, and also at the hands of the Torah scholars and those who sit in the b'te midrash. U'megidei shiur rabim kavau shiuram al pis tavarim elu, and there are many Torah teachers that have made this book part of their curriculum when teaching Torah. Megamat chibur ze, the purpose of this work, will be explained at length in our introduction, and that's precisely what we're doing here today. But I need to say a few things before we get to my introduction about this book, which is a fusion of halakha and agada, and this precisely is why I chose this introduction. We mentioned and we heard Rav Kook and Rav Uziel mentioned about the twin sisters of Halakha and Agadah, those who complement each other. Two sides of the same coin. One, Halakha, whose territories are charted already. You know how to travel in the world of Halakha. In the world of Agadah, which is a wild west. It's a barren land, full of gold, full of diamonds. But it's uncharted. You have to blaze trails there. Halakha hi gufa Halakha is the body of Torah. Halakha is what allows a person to differentiate between that which is good and that which is bad. It's the wisdom of life. And it is the weapon of a man in the war of life. So not just is it the wisdom of life. Halakha is that which gets a person through life. It's the weapon with which you can conquer all the challenges of life. Leumata, opposite this, Haagada hi piyut veshira. Agada is a song, is poetry. From Agada, a person nurtures strength and power. To know how to properly wield the weapon, which is Halakha. So if Halakha is the weapon, Agada is the inspiration, the motivation, the life force behind that skill. Heve Omer, you could say, that one's completion one's holistic service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a person can only accomplish by fusing together both Halakha and Agada. 
וכדברי רבותינו במדרש שיר השירים רבה, and like הרב עוזיאל already quoted us, and הרב קוק also, uh, one of them quoted us, from מדרש שיר השירים, which says, סמכוני כעשישות, בעשישות, אלו ההלכות המאוששות, רפדוני בתפוחים, אלו ההגדות שריחן וטעמן כתפוחים. There are two delicacies here, both הלכה and אגדה. And here comes הרב חיים דוד הלווין warns us. אין בשום פנים לערבב אגדה והלכה. Twin sisters, twin sisters, but they're each separate. There is no possibility at all to permit the mixing of הגדה in הלכה. להלכה מהלכי מחשבה יסודיים משנה. הלכה has its own method of thought. ודרכי לימוד and its own method of study. ופסיקה מקובלים על יסודות בריאים ותנים. It has healthy and steadfast foundations in how you rule הלכה. ואילו הגדה, unlike the הגדה, מהלך מחשבה אחר לה. It has a different intellectual approach. אפשר להסביר את ההלכה ממעיינות האגדה. You can explain הלכה by nurturing from the wellsprings of אגדה. אפשר לרפד את ההלכה בריפוד רך וענוג של אגדה. You can pad, you can embellish. ריפוד is a better word. ריפוד is, there's a word for this in English. You, what do you have to pronounce this word? In the chairs, they do a full string. You can, you can coat halakha. You can complement halakha with agada. Ach lo l'arbevam, but you can never mix the two. ולכן, and therefore, ההלכות בחיבור זה, the halakhot in my book here, התבססו אך ורק על דרכי פסיקה המקובלים. All the halakhot reached in this book have been reached to the proper halakhic methodology. הלכות מאוששות, שלא הושפעו במאומה מן האגדה. הלכות which have not been influenced at all by אגדה. זאת ועוד, in addition, הודפסו באותיות מיוחדות, the halakhot were written in a different font, להבדילה מדברי האגדה והמחשבה, to separate them from the words of אגדה and philosophy that are in this book. It's a fascinating thing. What Rav Chaim David Halavi does in this work is write a kitzur shulchan aruch that could have just been boring. But between each section, between each group of halachot, there's an introduction, there's explanations of the philosophy behind the mitzvah. Why this halacha exists. The ideas that our rabbis introduce surrounding these halachot. They says, don't be afraid. Whereas I complimented halacha with agadah, I did not allow the agadah to interfere at all with the halachic process that is required to maintain the integrity and the independence of ruling halacha properly. And therefore, the introduction, the table of contents of this book is arranged according to the halachic topics in this book. We didn't mention Agada even in subtitles. We don't even mention in the table of contents the Agada which is in the book. וגם זה כדי להדגיש ולתת תוקף משנה להלכה שעיקר בחיבור זה. And this whole thing is meant to give importance and strength to הלכה, which is the main element of this book. כשם שהיה עיקר שבעיקרים בחיי הפרט וכל הלומה. Just like הלכה really is the main fundamental in the life of individuals and the Jewish nation. זו מגמת החיבור באופן כללי. This is the purpose of this book in a general understanding. ועוד נרחיב הדיבור על כך להלן בדברי הפתיחה. In my introduction, I will embellish on this concept more. Abhayim Dibbe Halavi mentions here two personal things on the top of the next page. Odel Adonai Chazdo Al Kimishachar Neurai I give thanks to Hashem that from the early days of my youth Ben Berkei Talmidei Chachamim Hoshivani Ba'ola Shatorah Hashem placed me on the knees of Torah scholars in the tent of Torah. And the holy Shiva Parat Yosef. And he allowed me, merited me to toil in his holy Torah. And Hashem has allowed me to publish that which I received on Har Sinai. My soul received on Har Sinai. He lists his books here. The first is Ben Yisrael Amim. A fascinating work. I have a copy of it. It's out of print today. 
of the proper relationship between a Jewish state of Israel and the nations of the world, and the non-Jews both in it and around it. Dvar HaMishpat, it's also out of print. I have all three volumes. Shlosha Chalakim, which is all about the laws of a Jewish court system in today's modern world. Were we to revive a court system, this is based directly on the writings of the Rambam in Yechot Sanhedrin. Da'atu Medina, I have this work too, though not in a print form, I have it in a PDF form. I print it myself, but it doesn't exist to the best of my knowledge anywhere in a print form. And I'm happy to share this book, it's so important, with anyone who wishes to have it. And before you ask me, none of it is in English. There's no, no, I don't think any of these books are in English. That will change one day. The next book, Datu uh, Medina, is a book of separation of church and state in Halakha. It's Rav Chaim David Halavi's famous opinion that we don't want Sharia law in Israel, the Jewish version of it. And it's a fascinating thesis on how he works around the various issues which could come up to that from classic Jewish literature. An index to the Zohar and the ideas contained in it. I have two different copies of this book. One that he published on his own and one he published in honor of Baba Chaki, Rabbi Yitzchak Abu Chazera, who was a special Sephardic Chacham in his own right. Maftechot HaZohar V'Rayonotav is essentially an index that his father used to teach him Zohar when he was a child. And it's an index to the concepts, Kabbalistic concepts which are found in the Zohar. Chameshet Chelkei Mekor Chaim, the five volumes of Mekor Chaim, I have those as well. Shut HaSed HaKarav, the book HaSed HaKarav, which we're reading from right now, so you have it too. V'Kitzur Shulchan Aruch Mekor Chaim, and the abridged version of this book, Asher Zachak Ma'adorot, which has already been printed in a number of different editions. He's written more books than these. He has books on the Chumash. He has books on the holidays. We have those as well. And some of those may actually be in print. I found them fairly recently. If they're in print or there's just enough of them still floating around the used book market, I don't know. But it's important to know if you can get your hands on the writings of Rabbi Chaim David Hadid, it's a big mitzvah. Please make the Torah sweet in our mouths and the mouths of all the Jewish people. May we all be from those who know your name and learn your Torah for the sake of learning your Torah. If you wish to see the human being, after Bichayim Daben Levi tells you his book and what there, there's no problem in this concept of mixing Agadah with Halakha, yet keeping them separate, after thanking his rabbis and HaKadosh Baruch Hu for letting him be in the yeshiva, he now thanks someone very special. I give tremendous deep thanks to my wife. My loyal help in life. Miriam, my wife Miriam of the Vaknin family. She stands to my right hand. She helps her me in every way she possibly can. In my public and Torah work. She allows me to dedicate myself and to spend time dwelling in the tent of Torah. The merit of the Torah should protect us. And on our sons and our daughters. And may we merit to see speedily the full redemption of the Jewish people on this. On that note, let's enter together into this realm of Pticha, the introduction of Rabbi Chaim David Halevi to his book, which is perhaps the first of its kind. Some sort of fusion between Halakha and Agadah. On page, there should be a page 9. It's not going to be page 9 of your PDF, but there should be a number 9 at the top of your page. This is from Tehillim, chapter 90. We pray Hashem. Remember, we did a whole Peliyot about this. The Kabbalists have deep meanings in this Pasuk. May your pleasantness be on us. And establish the work of our hands. 
below. The explanation of this, here he's quoting from Rabbi Yosef Albo in the Sefer Karim, one of the most important works of Sephardic philosophy. Ki in every action, tipol goodness, I'm, it's a loose transition because the concept is more important than the translation. Let me read it to you, I'll explain to you the, the concept. That when you deal with any action, there's two things. There's how it's, it is and how it's executed. He says when it comes to the words of Torah, Rav Chaim David Hadvi says, there's the Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is pure. Vinoam Adonai Eloheinu Aleinu. May your goodness be on us, your pleasantness. But there's a second step. How do we represent the Torah to other people? Ma'asei Adenu Konona Aleinu, Ma'asei Adenu Kononeu. And therefore, V'lachen says, Rabbi Chaim David Hadvi, Bira v'charada hinani megish hayom hazeh. Today, with fear and trepidation, I am offering this work before you. Because even though I know that this Torah which has been given to me is pure, because its whole origin, its source, is from the beautiful Torah of HaKadosh Baruch I only fear, not that the Torah will lose its beauty, but because I am the vessel in which the Torah is being presented, that maybe my imperfection will somehow blemish the beauty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah. Because I can control that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah will be perfect. What I cannot control is if I will be a faithful messenger of Hashem's Torah to the world. He said, my only fear is that I will not accomplish the goal, the lofty goal which I put in my sights when I began writing this work. Humility. He's going to publish a work that Chachamim will take their life to publish. And he says, I only hope that I didn't blemish. I only hope that I did justice to the beautiful Torah that Kadosh Baruch Hu gave my soul at Mount Sinai and I'm passing on to you today. In this task of collecting halachot and organizing them, the great rabbis of the generations have already dealt with this. Every rabbi and their abilities. Beginning with Maran, the Shulchan Aruch, and until the last of the rabbis today, still writing books on Halakha. I did not feel the need to write yet another book of Halakha. There's no use for such a book. But based on what the reader will see, I created But I came to accomplish a great task, which on its own is an important task, but especially in our generation, the Doren, in our Dor, in our generation. This book, it's the fruit of my thoughts concerning Al Sibat Hamashber Hadati. This work was born, was inspired by my thoughts, my pondering about the religious crisis that has faced the past generations, especially our generation. Many of the reasons that people have given for why the Jewish state of affairs is where it is, they at the very best are secondary. They're symptoms, but they're not the problem. 
ונותר לנו לחפש את הסיבה הראשונית האמיתית. I'm not looking for secondary causes. I'm looking for the primary cause. Why has Judaism deteriorated so rapidly in the past generations, especially today? ללא ספק, without a doubt, דור העוסק בתורה במידה רבה ומעטה, a generation that studies Torah, whether a lot of Torah or a little bit of Torah, מחוסן הוא, הרי הוא מחוסן פחות או יותר מפני רוחות הפרצים. More or less, this person is vaccinated, is immune from the spirits of confusion in the world. הפרוצות את חומת האמונה עליה נשען בית ישראל. Those breaches in the wall of emunah that the Jewish people have always relied on. There were very few Jews who left the Jewish faith over the generations. But the severity of Jewish deterioration today? But this... On this level, this magnitude can only happen from the reason that we abandoned the study of Torah. This is the illness of our generation. And I have no doubt about this. But abandonment of the study of Torah is only half the problem. The question is still asked. If the problems or the lack of immunity to the world is because we have abandoned the study of Torah, the real question then is, Why did our generation abandon the study of Torah? We know that's what caused the problem, but why did they do it in the first place? The Torah that is Shekoch Haviva Vahuva Haital Avotav Avot Avotav Miyom Netinata Misinai. The same Torah which was so loved and appreciated and cherished by the people's parents and grandparents all the way to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why in this generation did the people abandon the Torah? That's the question. We know the abandonment of the Torah is the problem, but how do we get there? Et Teshuvah Lesheilach Hamurazot. The answer to this question, we can find in the writings of Harav Kuk of blessed memory. The reason, and the remedy, the medicine for the generation. But I will try to weave his words together with the words of the Tanad Ve'liyahu, which we've studied recently. That my heart tells me that those words of Tanad Ve'liyahu may have actually been the source of Rav Kook's thought in the first place. So says Rabbi Chaim David Halevi, Rav Kook has suggested what the root of the problem is. And not only has he suggested the root of the problem, he has also suggested the remedy, the solution. Let's join this together. And where this road takes us? Only HaKadosh Baruch knows. Tanad Ve'liyahu יום ליום יביע אומר, ולילה ללילה יחווה דעת, אין אומר ואין דברים, בלי נשמע קולם. בכל הארץ יצא קוום, ובקצה תבל מנהם, these words from תהילים, we say every single שבת יום ליום יביע אומר, day to day we will say, זה תורה הנביאים וכתובים, this is the תנ״ך. ולילה ללילה יחווה דעת, and a night we will share wisdom and knowledge. אלו המשניות, these are the משניות. אין אומר ואין דברים, there's no one speaking, there's nothing to be said. אלו ההלכות. These are the הלכות, Jewish law. בכל הארץ יצא קוום, their reputation has gone out in the whole world, or their sound, I don't know how to best translate that. אלו ההגדות שמקדשים שמו של הקדוש ברוך הוא בהן. These are the הגדות. which sanctify HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name around the world. So there are four steps. There's Tanakh, there's Mishnah, there's Halakha, and there's Agadah. The Agadah, which was responsible for sanctifying HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name in the world. In this Tanakh Ve'liyahu, not just there are four types of study Torah, 
But Eliyahu Hanavi is teaching that there are four types, four generations, four periods, four phases of Jewish history. As a nation and as a country. Uv'torat Yisrael b'dachet patchuta in an evolution of the development of Torah. Me'az ma'amad har Sinai ve'ad yamenu ele yimeh yitchalta de'geula from the day that Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah on Har Sinai until today, which is the beginning of our redemption, there have been four major phases in Jewish history. Tkufa Rishona, the first phase, Hayta b'fchinat yom, meloz it was the day, as David HaMelech says, full of light, full of illumination, shehechel b'oto ma'amad gadol muflam b'har Sinai, which began that wondrous occasion of the giving of the Torah in front of the world on Mount Sinai. The Torah was given to us face to face. This light continued from the giving of the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu on Mount Sinai all the way until the prophets who continued to prophecy with his light of Torah. Including the Ketubim, the writings which were also written with the Holy Spirit. By the way, Ruach HaKodesh, if I may mention, I quoted a Rafa'ur who passed away recently. He writes somewhere that Ruach HaKodesh doesn't necessarily mean divine inspiration. Here it's clearly used to mean that, but that's not what it's meant to be used in early sources. Rather, the Kodesh is the sanctuary in which the writings of the Nevi'im were given in, they were canonized, they became part of Jewish literature precisely because they were written Beruach HaKodesh in the spirit of that, that discipline, of that type of writing. And he suggests that when we say Ruach HaKodesh, it's something that is written even though it's not part of the Tanakh, but has the potential because of the way and the style and the message which it gives off to be accepted into the canon of Torah. Imagine the Megillat Esther and the controversy surrounding whether or not Esther's Megillah would be accepted into the archives of the Jewish people. Nonetheless, you have the Torah, the Nevi Muktubim are all a period of light. In that whole period, it's a long period, the people merited to a revelation of a Kadosh Baruch in his country and in his temple. And coupled with that revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the people lived mostly an independent life in all of the first temple and part of the second temple. The second phase of Jewish history after this one is in the phase of darkness. That the spirit of prophecy was removed from the Jewish people. And that's when we began to comment, to explain, to interpret, to elaborate on the verses that the previous generation had left for us, the commentary on the Mikra, which is Elu HaMishnayot. These are the Mishnayot. There began a spiritual decline in the generation after the prophets, because we had no more prophecy. There was a physical uh, degeneration. And coupled with all this, the spiritual and physical deterioration of the Jewish people, it also didn't help that the Jewish people were deteriorating rapidly on an independent political level. Our country was being occupied. We were being sent into exile. Even Yaakov Avinu, the elder, when he thought about this generation, he called it night. So if the first Kufa is light, that's Tanakh, Moshe Rabbeinu, Yoshua, the prophets, the writings. The second is in the darkness when that prophecy is eliminated and we're forced to spend our time in Mishnah, trying to interpret all the verses that we've been given. The third tekufa, the third phase, tekufa shlishit, hayeta kvar b'chashecha muchletet shel agalut. We already were in the complete and utter darkness of exile. Sheba aflo nishma kolo shel am Yisrael ka'am uchem dina. That in that generation, you didn't even hear about the Jewish people 
as a nation or as a country. En Omer ve'en devarim beli nishma konam. Like David Amalek says, nobody spoke, nobody said, nobody's voice was heard. We were Jewish people in exile, an oppressed people in exile. Tkufa zot nimshecha me'od shanim. This period lasted for hundreds of years. Which was the darkest of nights for the Jewish people in its scattered exile. And it's interesting that in this great darkness, not the little bit of darkness after the prophets, but in this pitch black darkness, is when halacha began to flourish. An unbelievable expansion, a detailed record, a furthering of the details of the minutia of Jewish law. The chok, the law shehegen v'shamar al mizgarto ha'leumit shel ha'am b'mechake merchavei galuto ha'chashuchim lelo medina v'shilton. The law that was able to keep us, an autonomous Jewish nation, regardless of whether we had a king or a government. And this is what is alluded to in Tanah Deve Eliyahu. What was bound to happen at the end of the third generation, the generation of Halakha. What is that? The distancing of the Jewish people from the source, the source of life, it's Torah, and from their Father in Heaven. We know that there are many reasons for this spiritual decline. But says Rav Kook, Rav Chaim Debin is paraphrasing, that you find that the reason for the abandonment of the Jewish people of Torah and Halakha is because of a flaw in Halakha itself. The audacity to say such a thing is only because someone greater than me said it and I feel it is true and I'm able to share. Here we're going to be reading from Rav Kook's book, Chazon HaGeula, The Vision of Redemption. And you're going to see that Rav Kook is writing before the re-establishment of a modern Hebrew where words mean things differently. This means the psychological reason, the emotional reason, the spiritual reason. But in modern Hebrew, this would be the psychotic reason. The psychological reason. Now, Rav Kook's Hebrew is very hard. To understand is one thing, to translate literally is a different thing because he is a poet. But he makes this word, the psychological reason for the mi'us, the, the loathing, there's a better word than loathing, they, they not defiled, not disgraced, Let's use, let's use that word. The abhorrence, the aversion. Aversion, let's use aversion. The psychological reason for the aversion that people have to chukiyut, to lawfulness, to a legally coded life in humanity as a whole, is the reason that the Jewish people could also become sick from this contagious disease of aversion to law and order. Because there's some truth to this aversion. Legality, law, lawfulness, I'll use that word, not a word. When the details begin to develop and branch out into minutia, without regard for the wellspring from which it nurtures, 
והנסיגה הנפשית מעל ציורי ההשקפות העדויות המוסריות הנשגבות אשר בפנימיות יסודה מצמצמת את הרוח ומייבשת את דלשת החיים של השכל והדמיון החי ונאה When you remove the vibrant godliness from הלכה and you're left with a dry legal code it dries out the flowering imagination that rejuvenated that a life full of life that light that is so beautiful about הלכה מטלתי אימה יתרה, חרדה. הלכה begins to become something threatening when removed from its pure source. ואין שלום על מחזיקיה, and there's no peace among those who hold on to it. ויכולה היא ללפף את החיים, and it can extinguish life, ולהחניקם בזרוע עוז הכבדתם. And it can literally strangle. suffocate with its greatness it could snuff out life and especially with its many shadows because of the fear and the awe that is inside of dry halakha and the lack of connection to its divine source can cause people to be terrified of halakha And this hatred to law and policing of divine law, which is embedded deeply into the collective soul of the congregation of Israel, this Illness has actually gained root among the descendants of this great and lofty collective soul. And confusion is greater than ever before. מרגישים הם כל שונאי החוקיות הנאגדים עם כל זה בעמם את עומק הסתירה שיש בזה בנפשם ובבם. All those Jews who gather together out of a common hatred to Jewish law, they feel this deep contradiction between their soul and their heart but they don't have the tools to understand the contradiction how much more so they cannot properly construct and remedy this contradiction because they lack the ingredient the spice that is necessary for the medicine for the remedy that can solve this conflict in their soul between a threatening, disconnected halakha and a true soul that they have. Ota ha-machala, this illness, uv'yichud etzel ba'alei lachut ha-nafshit u-piyutit. This sickness, especially by those who have poetic and musical souls, shal pi gidul ha-gun v'tov, that if they were raised correctly, yicholim hayu liyod mifchirei rabanan da'agadata, they could have been from the best, the elite, of rabbis who taught Agadah in the world. Chodrei mistarim, those who penetrate the secrets, utzvunot elohiyot, and those who can understand the inner workings of godliness. Umitoch shlo nimtza lehem mekom haraui, linok mimeno et ha-shpaha adrusha lehem. But because they were unable to find this powerful source, life source of Agadah, in the Jewish world in which they engaged, נעשו הם מסוגלים להביט על החוק כעל תמונה מזרה פחד. They're able to look at the halakha as a frightening image. ויחלו למוס בחוקיות, and they become, they have an aversion, they develop an aversion to lawfulness. ותצא כל אותה הפרצה הגדולה שאנו רואים עכשיו בדור, and this is what causes the hatred of halakha in our generation, the illness. that is facing the generation is because of an incorrect approach to halakha itself. This type of halakha, which threatens to strangle, to suffocate the life force of people, to take away what, what Rav Kuk talked about, Rav Uziel spoke about. Rav Chaim David Halavi is now explaining to us through the words of Rav Kuk. There's a threatening type of halakha, a halakha which is so disconnected from its roots, from the holiness which is embedded in it, that it triggers 
this natural reaction inside of a person. To hate it, to run from it, to flee from it. But this person spends their life running because they lack the tools to be able to deal with it. These same people, says of Kuk, who if they were given the opportunity by the Jewish community to nurture from the source of life, as he called it, those people would be today from the elite Rabbanei Agadah in the world. What does he call them? They could have been from the choicest, from the elite of the rabbis of Agadala. Here ends the quote of Rav Kuk and begins again Rav Chaim David Halevi. This fourth period. So Tanakh, Mishnah, Halakha, the damage of Halakha being divorced from the first, now gives birth to a fourth generation, our generation. Which we have reached in this world today. But I'm going to pause for a moment. Recently I was with someone and it hurt to hear what they said. They said something to the effect of, I don't remember exactly the wording. Two things. You know, those people who only learn halakha, they, halakha doesn't have what to contribute to the bigger picture of life. Look at this conversation in a book of Halakha, which is unraveling before us the secrets of the world in which we're living today. And the second, that somehow Chachmei Sfarad only wrote simple things. Someone told me recently, you know, the Sephardic rabbis, they write so simply. It's so simple what they write. The depth that you find in other places. I guess different people know how to see depth in different places. How many books do people read without even knowing that there's a few pages in the introduction to Rav Chaim David Halevi's Kitzur Shukar that will change their life? And the fact that millions and millions and millions of dollars of Jews around the world are spent on translating works of nonsense into English. And these books are left like a stone that no one will come overturn. It's a tragedy. This fourth generation which we are in right now. Which we believe is the beginning of our redemption. It's hinted to, alluded to in the continuation of the Pasuk. In the whole world their reputation went out. Elu Hagadot, these are the words of Agadah, that sanctify the name of Akadosh Baruch. God willing, this fourth generation of Agadah will be the generation of light for the Jewish people. This is what our prophet Ishayahu writes. And by the way, if I when I look this up, this is a few psukim mixed together, but the kings, the nations will follow your light, Am Yisrael. Because Adonai will be for you a light of the world. These are psukim we say, That the world will be covered in darkness, the world, the nations will be covered in fog. And on you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light will shine. And his honor will be apparent on you. We'll live in a world where there'll be confusion everywhere, chaos everywhere, crisis everywhere. But Am Yisrael, Am Yisrael will be experiencing its first generation of light since generation one. Zot mipchina medinit. This is from a national level. A political level. But even on a spiritual level. On page 12. The nation will yeshuv, will return to the love of Hashem and Torah. Through the medium of studying Agadah. Which sanctify the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu with them. Here, Rav Kook continues. This next piece is the last quote from Rav Kook. 
in order to uproot at the core this disease of the hatred, of the aversion of lawfulness from us, of halakha from us. It's our job to try to widen, widen out the opening, the wellspring of Torah. And pull out the secret awe that's pure. When the Ma'ayan, when the wellspring will be opened at the source of the soul of our people. The Torah, the ideas will burst forth. The Torah will begin to be elaborated on and embellished on. In the proper, complete, wholesome way, which is Torah. Which will be full with purity, wisdom, strength, humility. In the depths and the secrets of the Torah. Because then, novel Jewish thought, innovative Jewish thought, will not come drop by drop. It won't trickle in. It will burst forth like a wellspring that keeps getting stronger and cannot be stopped. As kol mitzvah, at that point, every mitzvah, the kol halacha, and every halacha, the kol diuk, and every little detail, the kol dikduk, and every, every minutia. Every one of those details will finally be seen in the context of its connection to the life force in the source of Israel, in the source of the soul of Israel. And this hatred of lawfulness will slowly dissipate and be overcome with a beauty, a pleasantness of Judaism. As At that moment, at that time, all of the wonder and the beauty of the Jewish Torah will come back. And the, the beautiful uh, uh, vigor, the, the freshness of the law will come forth. And all of those precious sons of the Jewish people and daughters of the Jewish people who are torn and scattered in their souls, Yeshuvu, they will return to the love of Torah, to love the laws of HaKadosh Baruch truthfully, not by coercion, not by force, not by screaming, but because we have harnessed and unleashed, maybe unleashed and then harnessed, I don't know which order, the greatness of the wellspring of Torah, the way it was meant to be. And only then will the Jewish people begin to rebuild itself as a wholesome people. And as we end off, every Haftarah of Kuk says, Hashem, the Holy One of Israel, redeem us. And on this thought, Rav Chaim David Halavi concludes with one last paragraph for tonight. These essentially are These are similar to the words of our rabbis between Rabbi Avahu and Rabbi Chiyabaraba. They reached a certain place. Rabbi Chia stood up and he taught halakha. What kind of halakha comes with Rabbi Chia? And Rabbi Avahu stood up and he taught halakha. Everybody left Rabbi Chia when he was teaching Halakha. When they came to the class of Rabbi Yavah who was teaching Haganah. Rabbi Chia became very sad. He became uh, insulted almost. Rabbi Yavah says, Please don't be upset. Let me compare this to a parable. 
were two people that entered one city. One of them sells stones, gold, diamonds, jewels. And one sells, you know, Harapers, whatever he would read us as Gemara, he would tell us. Altazachin. In Yiddish, they call Altazachin. But in Israel, they have the people, peddlers, that would sell all kinds of, uh, you know, thrift store stuff, little uh, things, house to house. One sells jewels and one sells little nothings. Al Mikovtsim, who does everybody jump on? Which cart does everyone jump on? Everybody jumps on the cheap merchandise. Nobody jumps on the gold and the silver and the diamonds. Rashi explains, All kinds of makeup and lipstick and things like that. And he's saying this to comfort him. You should think that Agada is really nothing compared. It's not like gold and makeup. It's not like diamonds and mascara. You can't say that about Agada in relation to Halakha. Because in Agada, our rabbis embedded, encrypted all of the fundamentals of our faith. But if you wish to say, There is a certain amount of truth in this mashal, in the parable nonetheless. Because in the generation of dark darkness, the order of halakha was terribly uprooted because of lack of the diamonds and the jewels were uprooted because of a lack of the Minesit Kit, of the Al-Tazachin cart, of Agadah. Even though the raw ingredients were there, Halakha was not kept in check by Agadah. For example, and kol erech levad There's no value to the... the most expensive fabric. How much are scissors compared to silk? A needle compared to wool? But there's no value to a piece of fabric, as expensive as it is, if you don't have the $2 scissors, if you don't have the 25 cent needle. It's what gives form to the fabric. That's also true b'halakha. Regardless of how important and crucial halakha is to the foundation of the life of the Jewish people, it has no way to pleasantly and gently force itself as the order to make law in society, to make halakha the order of society. Without that Agadah, which calls out to the heart of man to come and see Halakha for oneself. As we mentioned, that's the purpose of Agadah. Halakha needs Agadah. They may not be mixed with each other, but we cannot possibly expect for a world of Halakha to thrive if there's no conversation of Agadah around Halakha, if there's no complementing Halakha with Agadah. If there's no attraction to halakha, if halakha is scary and threatening, then people will run. Agadah is the way to rope people in with ropes of love, says the Rambam. Avutot ahava, says the Rambam. Ropes of love. Those ropes come in the world of Agadah. And we look around. I once spoke with Arab Peretz, and I asked him, Arab Peretz, what's with the generation? And I don't know that Arab Peretz ever read this book. The Judaism of today threatens people. The Judaism of today threatens to uproot your life. It threatens to uproot your family. It threatens to destroy your career. It threatens to limit the way you can think about the world and expose yourself to beautiful ideas and wisdoms of the world. He says a Judaism like that is always going to cause people to run away from it. And says, 
Harav Kuk, Harav Uziel, are teaching us that Halakha and Agada are twin sisters, never to be combined, but always there to complement each other. Because without one of them, the other one would be truly incomplete. B'ezrat Hashem, next week, we'll continue this Hagdamah of Rabbi Chaim David Halavi to better understand how it is and why it is so important to fuse these two sisters together and to give the Jewish people the blessing of returning Agada to the generation which so desperately ran away from the dark rigidity of Halakha. May we live to see the day, that light, very, very soon. Everybody should have a Shabbat Shalom when it comes.